0: Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. Psalm chapter 51 and verse 12. We're going to read out of the New King James Version. Psalm chapter 51 and verse 12. Can we say it all together. Ready? Read. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. The message I'm going to bring today is called, it's time to get your joy back. It's time to get your joy back. How many in the room could use some joy? Yeah, a little bit more joy. Let me tell you a funny story that I heard. Listen to this. I heard about this airplane that was about to crash, and there were four passengers but only three parachutes. And the first passenger said, well, I'm, I'm a leading heart surgeon. Uh, my patients need me. So he grabbed the first parachute and he jumped. Then the second uh, passenger said, I'm a rocket scientist. He said, uh, I'm one of the smartest men in the world. My country needs me. So he took the second parachute, and he jumped. Then the third passenger was Pope Francis. And he said to the fourth passenger, a 10-year-old Boy Scout, he said, son, I'm old. I'm frail. He said, you take the last parachute. And the Boy Scout said, that's okay, sir. There's still two parachutes left. The world's smartest man just jumped out with my backpack. (laughs) (laughs) Restore unto me the joy of your salvation. Can I tell you, we need to laugh in church sometimes too. Isn't that true? Restore unto me the joy of your salvation. Do you remember when you were first born again? When you were first born again, you were born with joy. In fact, if you were to look at uh, the way of physical, we have four kids, and every one of my kids, I got to be there in delivery, and it was just such a miracle. I wasn't like, ah, i seen that before. Uh, you know, uh, there's another one. No, I mean, each one I was like, oh, my goodness, look at their little hands. Look at their little feet. Look at their eyes. Look at their ears. I was so enamored with everything that was born on their body. But do you know that when we're born again, that our spirits have features? In fact, they're called the fruit of the spirit. And one of the fruit of the spirit is called joy, which means that if you're born again, if you've made Jesus the Lord of your life, you have joy on the inside. And someone might say, I don't know if I have joy. I haven't, I haven't smiled in a month. Well, can I tell you, you have joy on the inside. It might be dormant, but every one of us were born with joy but what happens is we get born again uh we're full of joy you know and right when we're born again our car breaks down and you know we lost our job and someone stole something from you and you're like i don't care man i don't care someone bumps into your car or dents it and you go it doesn't matter man i'm going to heaven he's going to yeah right i mean because you have joy on the inside. You have something on the inside that's sustaining you. It's a life with God. Or do you remember when you, uh, maybe when you first fell in love? Oh, I remember when I first saw Tiffany and fell in love with her. This is I, I was, a, uh, I was a, 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 a music teacher, a music professor at a college. I was leading the choir and we had like an ensemble that traveled around and stuff. And Tiffany came to audition for it. But uh, she came and she auditioned and I was like, you got the part, girl, but you have to go out with me. <laughs> no, she actually had to quit college in order to, to go out with me. But can I tell you, I was enamored by her. I mean, I didn't care. Someone could have backed into my car, and I would have been like, that's good. that's fine. I'm at Tiffany. I'm good, you know. Someone could have cussed me out, flipped me off. Someone could have just done the, the most cruel things to me. But because I was in love, I had joy. There was something on the inside that was rejoicing, excited. But, you know, after a while, what happens? Well, it goes from baby, sweetie, honey, love boo whatever the case may be right and then it gets to that's my that's my girl right and then that, that's my old lady right and ev- right and eventually that's my ex right i mean that's just kind of how relationships go they grow old and then as soon as someone lost all the feelings what happened they go on to someone else that's just kind of how society is you you well there's always options out there in fact i've had people say i don't ever want to get married why would i have to why would i want to lock into one right? But can I tell you, we serve a God, we serve a God who has joy. He, when we're reborn, we have joy on the inside and we should never lose the joy of our salvation. I think we do because that's just how people do. They've, they were, they're, they're freaked out about God, love God, crazy about God, would do anything for God. And then after a few years, they're kind of like, what's the next God? What's the next thing that I can get excited about? Um, In the book of Revelation, you remember Jesus wrote to the church and he said, you've lost something, church. What did he say? He said, you've lost your first love. You've lost that thing that you were excited about, that passion that you were excited about, of just the simple knowing Jesus. Can I tell you, in the church, and I believe in every one of our lives, something needs to be restored about a joy and a passion in serving Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Can someone say amen today? Depression. Depression. I think just about every wor- every week I hear about someone that is going through depression, took their life in depression, is g- dropped out of everything they're doing. They could be leaders of companies, leaders of churches, leaders of organizations, and they're going through extreme depression. Depression, according to the world data, has 322 million people living. 322 million people are living with depression in their lives. Maybe it's caused by losing a loved one, by Getting fired from a job, going through a divorce, rejection, loneliness. Maybe someone in here, you know, I mean, just the chances are maybe half the room could be dealing with depression. On something in their lives. Social media, what is social media? Well, I remember when it was first introduced years ago, you know, it was what well, was to connect the world together, right, through Facebook and through Instagram, and there was MySpace, I think it all started in, and then we get our cable TV, you get your 300, 400 channels. How do you even watch 300 or 400 channels? But you get all those channels to connect the world, right, together, bring us together, but somehow what's happened in our society and all the trying to connect one another somehow in our society people feel more and more alone more and more alone restore unto me the joy of my salvation we live in what's called the information age we have more information at our fingertips than ever before I was driving in the car on the way over here uh, and uh, looked over at Jerry and I said, uh, I was asking him some question and he goes, I don't know, I'll look it up. And you know, didn't even need to type it in, just Siri, right? And said, how many people are such and such, da, 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 and they pop out the information. We live in a world that has so much information at our fingertips all the time. You think that everything would be taken care of, but somehow people are feeling more and more lost, more and more, more directionless, more and more empty why? Because all of those things can't be found in, we know, a phone or a computer or in trying to gain relationship. It has to be found. Our joy is found in Jesus Christ. Amen. I believe that there's a spiritual attack on our society, and I, and I don't know who could doubt that. There's a spiritual attack that's on our society. And by the way, I'm not, you know, against technology or anything. I love it all. But uh, one of the greatest gifts that we have as believers, I believe we're overlooking, and that's the gift of joy. One of the greatest gifts we have as a believer is the gift of joy. Can you all just smile at me just for a moment, and I'll smile back at you? Yeah. Can I tell you, that's refreshing to see people smile. Sometimes you can go through a whole day, and you don't see people smile because they're just going through the rigmarole, and they're going through the, the day-to-day things, and they just don't have a smile on their face. You know why they don't have a smile on their face? Because they don't have a smile on their heart. Because there's something that's missing. They may say I'm a believer. I go to church. I do this or I do that. But I've seen believers that have just lost all their joy. It's hard for them to smile. Restore unto me the joy of of my salvation. John 10.10, you remember Jesus said, The thief doesn't come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I've come that they may have life. Listen, not just eternal life, but have it more abundantly. He wants us to have a full life. A life of joy. Psalm 51 verse 12 again says, restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Out of the New Century Version, it says, give me back the joy of your salvation, God. Keep me strong by giving me a willing spirit. Out of the message, it says this, bring me back from gray exile and put fresh wind in my sails. How many would just boldly say, I could use some fresh wind in my sails this morning. That's right. Yeah, we need that. There's four things that I want to uh, to tell you about joy today. Number one is this: four things about joy. Number one, joy is spiritual. Joy is something that's spiritual. It's not just a happy place. It's not just um, a state or a mind or a feeling or something like, when I want joy, I just put on because I'm happy or something, you know. Or I put on, you know, lean on me. Or I put on something that just, that's what gets me going. That's what gets my, you know, pepping myself. That's how I start my day. That's what gets me awake. Can I tell you, that's all a feeling. But after the music stops, the feelings go away. But if you would nurture joy, and I would nurture joy on the inside, you can stop everything and just have silence. And there's a vibrancy and an aliveness, something on the inside that keeps us alive. Sometimes people will ask, how do you have a smile on your face? All the time. Because a lot of times I do. And I'll say, well, sometimes it's because I have the joy of the I feel the joy of the Lord, and other times it's because of faith. Faith in what? Faith that Jesus is alive inside of me. Faith that it's all going to work out. Amen? I believe sometimes we just need to smile by faith. So number one, joy is spiritual. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit, as I said, Galatians 5.22. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Could we all agree that love is the most important thing about God? The Bible, in fact, says that God is love. He just doesn't have love. He is love. Well, the second thing he says in the fruit of the Spirit is joy. It's, it's important for us to walk in love. In fact, that's the mission statement of many, many churches. Love God. Love people, right? Love, love. But what about have joy? I believe there should be joy in the church. Amen? I believe this should be a church of laughter and a church of fun. I'm not just talking about cracking jokes and saying, oh, those guys are funny. I'm talking about something that's on the inside that you can't contain. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. The joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord. Joy is spiritual. When you get saved, you get joy. A baby that's born with eyes and ears and arms and legs you know, uh, they have energy, they have vitality, they're moving around all the time. In fact, I remember when our first was born, Miles, we brought him to the doctor, and I asked the doctor, I said, is he normal? And they said, why? I said, he just won't stop moving. He's like moving all the time. He's moving all the time, moving all the time. Is something wrong with him? I don't know what's wrong with him. They said, oh, no, 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 no. That just shows life. He's moving around, Excited moving around, trying to change the diaper, you know, and you you, you you, get what I mean, right? I mean, it's hard. i never changed a diaper before I got, uh, changed miles. and And I'm telling you, it was just difficult moving around, all that. But that's life. And then what happens? Well, you age and your bodies get older. You still have the same eyes. You still have the same ears. They just don't always work, right, later on. And so what happens, people say, I wish I had my eyes back, or I wish I had my ears back, or I wish I had my smelling back, can't smell much. Those kind of things just get worn out. But I want to remind you about this. Joy is spiritual, and spiritual things don't age. Physical things age. Your ears will wear out one day. Your eyes might wear out one day. But your joy should never wear out. It should be just as fresh as it is the day you were born. The spirit, our spirit, born-again spirit doesn't age. You find joy when you find Jesus. R.A. Tory said there is more joy in Jesus in 24 hours than there is joy in the world in 365 days, and I've tried them both. There's more joy in Jesus. Someone wrote this. Where is joy found? Listen, not in unbelief. Voltaire was an infidel of the most pronounced type, and he wrote, I wish I had never been born. Not in pleasure, Lord Byron lived a life of pleasure, if anyone did, and he wrote, The worm, the canker, and the grief are mine alone. Not in money, Jay Gould, the American millionaire, had plenty of that, and when dying, he said, I suppose I'm the most miserable man on earth. Not in position or fame, Lord Beaconsfield uh, enjoyed more than his share of both, but he wrote, Youth is a mistake, manhood is a struggle, and old age is a regret. Not in military glory, Alexander the Great conquered the known world of his day, and having done so, he wept in his tent because he said, there are no more worlds to conquer. Where is real joy found? The simple answer is in Jesus Christ. If you found Jesus Christ, if you're born again, if your spirit is alive, then you have joy on the inside number two joy brings strength joy brings strength i have people pretty often that will stop and say would you pray for me and i say what do you want me to pray for you about and they'll say i just want you to pray for me for more strength anybody ever had yeah pray for me that i'll I'll just get through the day can i tell you a good thing to pray for them for is pray that the joy inside of them would come alive Because the joy in Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse uh, uh, 10 says, Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Can we just all say that out today? Let's say it. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Let's say it one more time. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. When you get Jesus, you get joy. And when you get joy, you get strength. I want you to notice it's not vice versa. Sometimes people will say, well, I don't have joy because I need strength. And when I feel better, when I have strength, then I'll get joy. No, no, no. Joy comes from strength. Strength doesn't come from joy. The spirit, the physical things are affected by the spiritual things. And so when we have joy living inside of us, alive inside of us, strength comes. But notice what this verse says. Do not sorrow, because sorrow brings despair. I remember... Being in school, it would always happen. (laughs) I went to school for many years, and and it would always happen right toward the end of the semester that uh, I'd want to quit. Now, I don't know about you. I was an excellent C student. Come on, how many C students do we have in here? Yeah, how many C, yeah, yeah, That's yeah, we're, we're, we're together. How many A students do we have in here? Yeah, we're looking out at you. Yeah, we're, we know you, we know you. I was an excellent C student, okay? Man, I'm telling you, I just wasn't into school. But I remember all the way we'd get to the end of the semester, and guess what I'd want to do? I'd want to say, I'm out of here. I'm done, as, especially as far as those term papers and, you know, any paper over a page I'm like, oh, man, no, 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 that's, that's too much for me. I'm going to contract that out or something. <laughs> but uh, these term papers and these things. But I'll tell you, what got me through the semester? What got me through the semester is I think, I, I want to graduate. I want to finish. I don't want to go through all this work and having, having wasted it. And so what happened? Inside, I started uh, imagining myself finishing the class, and then I never have to take it again, right? And so the joy that was on the inside of that got me through the class. You know, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, it says that Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. You know what that tells me? Joy doesn't mean that all pain's removed. Joy doesn't mean that all your circumstances are all going to work out. Joy is that your eyes aren't on the pain. Your eyes are on the reward. Your eyes aren't on the the stuff you're going through. Your eyes are on Jesus that he's going to bring you through. Can somebody say amen today in this place? Joy brings strength. Jesus, the joy that was set before him. What are you enduring today? Maybe a, a loss of a loved one. That's hard to deal with rejection pain in your body maybe sitting right here and thinking it's hard for me to even focus because i'm hurting right now addiction loss of hope depression discouragement and if we look at those things what what did the the scripture say in isaiah 8 10 do not sorrow don't keep your eyes on those things But what did he do? Say, for the joy of the Lord. You need the joy to get through the struggle. You need the joy to get through whatever it is. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Church, it's time to get our joy back. Somebody say amen. It's time to get our joy back. Number three, joy must be chosen. Joy must be chosen. Can you say that out with me today? Say, joy must be chosen. Isaiah chapter 61 and verse 3 says this. Isaiah 61, 3 says to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes. Notice, beauty for ashes. I'm going to get beauty instead of ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. God said he wants to exchange our ashes and give us beauty. He wants to exchange our mourning for the oil of joy. And he wants to exchange our heaviness for the garment of praise. But many times we have to give up our story to get a a better story. See, I I believe that so many times we're locked into our story. Our story is kind of our identity. It's the struggle. It's the pain. It's what I've gone through. It's our identity. It's when people say, how are you doing? And you almost feel, in fact, in our society, you almost feel bad when someone says, how are you doing? You say, I'm doing great. They must think, that man's too ignorant to have, even understand he has problems. (laughs) Isn't that kind of the the deal? I'm doing great. How how are you doing? I'm having a great day. What happened? Nothing. I'm just having a great day. That's not even popular today. You're kind of socially off if, if, if you say that nowadays i mean just like over excited about life what is popular how are you doing i'm doing all right right nine out of ten people how are you doing it's going all right what's going on oh man just had a busy week is that not nine out of ten people you ask listen to your own ask yourself how you're doing you'll say that to yourself doing all right <laughs> that's what's popular Do you know the Bible says a man has joy by the answer of his tongue? I believe a lot of times we don't have joy because that's the way we talk, because that's just the way everybody else talks. We don't want to give up our story because sometimes our story is us. It's what I've gone through. Well, if if I remove the struggle, then people wouldn't feel sorry for me. Now, you'd never say it that way because you would never want people, you'd never want to say you have want people to feel sorry for you. But if I removed my story where I've come from and my struggle and my pain and all that kind of stuff, and I stopped talking about that and focusing on that, I mean, people are going to like, they're not going to, you know, they're not going to help. But sometimes, can I tell you, and I believe the Lord's saying this to us this morning, sometimes we need to let go of our story. We need to let go of that pain. I'm not saying deny it. I'm not saying uh, say it was never there. And I'm not saying that you don't bring it up when it's appropriate and when you're led to be able to do so. But can I tell you, we don't need to be laying out our pain every single conversation. How are you doing? I'm not doing good. I'm overloaded. I'm I'm busy. I'm this. I'm that. And that's who we are. Sometimes we have to give up our story for a better story. Leave our pity party that we've identified with and go to a, a, a joy party. Listen, he says in in this verse, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. We have to take off one garment, and put on another garment. If you came up here and it was winter time, <laughs> man, I've never experienced a colder winter than this winter, because because I've never had a winter okay before. <laughs> and I'm telling you, I got in I got in my car. I think it was in January. I got it was it was it like an extremely cold January or something? Okay, so I got in my car and I'm I mean I just I threw on a pair of shorts, threw on a t-shirt, I threw on a pair of socks. I don't even think I threw on shoes. I had some flip-flops or something on. And I and I got in the car and I'm driving my kids. In, down, you know to school and going to drop them off and uh and i'm thinking man it's kind of cold and i looked up at my dashboard it said seven degrees i said oh man i'm not i'm not dressed right i should you know but i didn't put on my garments and so i couldn't look and say it's cold i'm a victim no i had to put on some different you know, i'll tell you what the next morning man i was like in clothed in wool <laughs> Head to toe, had a top hat, had everything on. I was sweating, you know, on the way. Why? Because I had to put on some more garments. Do you know the Bible says if you are you have a spirit of depression or heaviness, don't hold on to that. Take that garment off and put on a garment of praise. If you came up and you said you were cold and I said, oh, you're, you're cold, uh, let, me, let me take my coat and put my coat over you. And you said, no, 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 no I'm good, I'm good. And I, they say, but I'm cold. Well, oh, I understand, let me put on a coat over you? No, no, no. I, I'm good. I'm good. And you say, but I'm cold. You say, well, we'll put it on. You say, I'm not. You know, I'm not a put on. <laughs> I'm not a. I'm not going to pretend something that I'm not. I'm not going to act a certain way. If I feel this way, that's the way I'm going to be. And I believe that's what happens with the Lord, with, with us, with the scripture, is that God says if you want to get out of depression and get out of discouragement and get out of this life and walk in the joy of the Lord, you have to put on different garments. You have to take off that whole identity that you were dressed in, and people go, "Oh yeah, I know who that is." Walking down the street, they may not have even seen your head, but they just know what you're wearing, and put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. It requires us choosing to put those on. I know being, uh, you know, a musician and an artist and kind of being in the you know, musician community and I see people you know, who are drawing and painting and writing and playing music and all that kind of stuff. Um, the melancholy kind of spirit is kind of a, like a good spirit, like kind of one you'd choose because you can write better songs, you know? You know, you break up with someone, you're like, oh, perfect opportunity. I can, I can write a couple songs, you know, because you, you go through that feeling or, like, someone's going through depression or something, and they're like, oh, man, that's great. I'm going to paint me a picture, you know, and all that, because you're just all those feelings. Are, and that's why they smoke weed. That's why you get into drugs. You get into, you know, people get into alcohol and all that because they, they feel too good. They're trying to numb, the, numb it down so that they can just express, use their right brain and, and get it. You wouldn't maybe say it all that way, but you're, you, you choose that kind of thing and so to say how are you doing to an artist And you say I have joy you're like dude you're corny you mean you have joy in fact isn't the whole term blue like blues like man blues you like blues I like blues man yeah yeah which I like blues too but can I tell you if you live your life according to blues it's gonna be hard to walk in joy somebody say amen Joy has to be chosen. Joy has to be chosen. Psalm 42 says, why are you so downcast, O my soul? Put your hope in God. Uh, NASB says, um, why are you in despair, O my soul? Have you become disturbed? He says, hope in God, it's a choice. You have to choose what you're going to focus on. In fact, in Philippians chapter 6, Philippians chapter 6 says, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, true, just, virtuous, praiseworthy, Think about those things. You know what it's not saying? It's not saying that there's not other stuff to think about. But it's saying think about the good things in your life. Think about the good things that God has done for you. Here's why we don't do it. It's not news. It doesn't make good news. Could you imagine if good news reported good things all the time? Like constantly? oh, look, at John gave Sally a card, and oh, can you believe? Oh, look at this, and look at this. You just go, ah, that makes me sick. People say, ah, I want to hear some bad news, right, sometimes, so that there's some contrast. But can I tell you, you have to choose what to focus on. We're always going to have pain. You can always focus on the cup being half empty, as you hear the analogy, but we have to focus on the Lord. Psalm 16, verse 11 says, you will show me the path of life. In your presence, there's fullness of joy. In your presence, there's fullness of joy. And the last uh, point here is joy requires action. Joy requires action. You can't just sit back and joy is going to like overtake you. Like I threw you a football and, and bam, you, it, hit you in the, you know, it hit you in your hands right here and you go, okay, I got joy now. No, joy requires action. Sometimes the action is just not quitting. Psalm 30 verse 5 says this, for his anger is but for a moment, but his favor is for life. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Can I tell you today that weeping might be tonight. You may be going through something really hard right now, but tomorrow's coming. Tomorrow morning is coming. And the Bible says joy comes in the morning. There's a fresh perspective. There's a fresh opportunity in the morning. Sometimes you just need to go to sleep. Sometimes if you're going through mourning and discouragement and sorrow, sometimes you just need to say, God, I lay my head down on the pillow and I'm going to go to sleep because I know in the morning I'm going to get fresh perspective. I'm going to get fresh joy on the inside of me from Jesus. Joy requires action. The last verse I want to turn to is Psalm 27, and it it happens to be uh, a main verse here for Memphis Tabernacle. Psalm 27, verse 5. It says, For in the time of trouble... He shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret place of his tabernacle. He shall hide me. How can we focus on the good when I'm going through so much funky stuff, bad stuff? Because you're hidden. Because you're hidden in the secret place. Because God's got your back. God covers you. God protects you. Look at this. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high on a rock. Listen, and now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore, because I believe that God's got me, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing. Yes, I'll sing praises to the Lord. Not because of what I see, but because of what I believe. Not because everything looks like it's going right, but because in my heart, Jesus is going right. He hasn't given up on me. And can I tell you, somebody walked into this house today because they need joy. They need the joy of the Lord. They need the strength of God. And you need to know, don't wait for your circumstance to turn around to grab it. Grab it today. It requires action. Well, what is the action that it takes in in God's Word translation? It says, now my head will be raised above my enemies who surround me. I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy in his tent. I will sing and make music and praise to the Lord. You've got to do something in order to get your joy. You've got to do something. Sacrifices with shouts of joy. Not just like, all right, Lord, I showed up. Where's my joy? No, it's not just showing up. It's showing up and opening up your heart to God and say, God, I'm going through stuff right now, but you're God and you're going to help me. Sacrifices with shouts of joy. And I love what he says shouts of joy in a tent. You ever tried to uh, keep a secret in a tent? you all camping in a tent and someone starts shouting in a tent. Who hears it? Everybody. And can I tell you, what is he saying? He's saying, in the midst of my trials, I'm going to sing out praises. And even other people might be able to hear. And they go, that person's crazy. But I'll tell you, that person's crazy. But they're getting crazy filled with joy on the inside. I will sing and I'll make praise to the Lord. I'll sing and I'll make praise to the Lord. So the four things, it's time to get our joy back I'm not just, I I really, really appreciate everybody who showed up today. But I'm not just trying to preach a sermon so you say, do you like that one? Would you come back next week? (laughs) No, can I tell you? I really believe. And I prayed and I said, Lord, what do you have to say to the people that are in this room today? And I know that I know that I know that I know that the Lord spoke to my heart. And said, I want you to tell them it's time for them to get their joy back. It's time for them to get their joy back. It's time for them to get their victory back. It's time for them to get vitality and life and that you have greenery growing on the inside again and not some dry heart that's cold to God and you're begging from a distance. No, no. God wants us to to have greenery on the inside. Joy, fresh joy. Restore unto me. Come on, would you just stop and pray that with me over your own life today? Say, God, restore unto me. God, restore unto me. The joy of my salvation, restore unto me, Lord. The joy of my salvation, uphold my spirit, Lord. Uphold my heart. Restore unto me, God. Joy is spiritual, joy brings strength. Joy must be chosen. And joy requires action. Joy requires action. Yesterday I was in prayer for a while. This doesn't happen all the time, but I got a prophetic word over this church. Many, many people who aren't here today, who are going to be here at some point. And here's what, I wrote it down as soon as I got it. So I say this prophetically, Memphis Tabernacle is going to be a house of joy. This is going to be a house of joy. Sorrow can't remain in this house. This will be a house of praise. This will be a place where chains are removed and heavy burdens are going to be lifted when people walk in. Praise and worship is going to go up out of this house in a fragrance and a sound of the spirit is going to be released over this city. I declare it in the spirit, in the name of Jesus. And I'll tell you, I don't care how many people are here today. Every person that's in this room, you're not here by any accident. Can we just open our hearts right now and call out to God? Just wherever you are, you don't have to do it boisterously. Maybe you can just uh, bow your heads and just say, God, I need that joy right now. In fact, would everyone just bow your heads. Say, God, I need that joy. I need the joy of the Lord. And someone needs to just start praising the Lord right now. Lord, I praise you. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you for your faithfulness. Lord, I thank you for your love. Lord, I thank you for saving me. God, I thank you for redeeming me. I thank you for delivering me. I thank you for setting me free. I thank you, Lord, for delivering me from every yoke of bondage. Lord, those who are lonely, say, God, I thank you for comforting me and helping me and directing my steps and leading me and guiding me today, God. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Can you pray that to the Lord right now? Say, restore unto me, God.